Hey, hey, good people. Excuse my voice. I've had a busy last couple of days, but it is okay because I got this interview done prior to my voice being crazy. But it's all good. Today we are joined by Brandis Daniel, cool soar of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She is the visionary behind Harlem's Fashion Row. But boy, did she go through some things before she created this amazing amazing movement and you will truly enjoy her story and so I absolutely wanted to call it Harlem's Fashion Row with Brandis Daniel enjoy you know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself I'm a cool soror hey y'all I am a cool soror of what's up y'all I'm a cool soror of hi I am a cool soror of podcast hosted by me Rashawn Ali. It's another edition of the Cool Soror podcast and really excited to be joined by one of my cool sores and Brandis Henderson Daniel. I'm really really proud to call you my Cool Soror and you are a Cool Soror of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Hello and welcome to the show. How are you? I am fantastic. Good, good. We're really honored to have you on the show. Hailing from Memphis, Tennessee, you are the founder CEO of Harlem's Fashion Row and co-founder of the Great Girlfriends podcast as well. Yeah, so you are uh, definitely doing some monumental things. Uh, but let's all let's go all the way back. You were a pre-med student at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Yeah, uh, medicine and fashion. Let's see how this goes together. Okay, take me. Why were you even interested in pre med in the beginning? You know how our parents do, right? Yes. <laughs> so my mom had convinced me that because I love children and I really enjoy helping people, that I wanted to be a pediatrician. Uh huh. And I went into school saying, "Okay, I want to be a pediatrician. I'm going to major in pre med." It took me maybe one semester to realize that that was not for me. Yeah, yeah. did not take long at all. And so I landed in my career center's office, and I took a full assessment test, and everything led to retail and fashion. Really? Yes, which I didn't even know that you could have a career in fashion. I had no idea. Okay. And I didn't know that my school actually had a fashion merchandising program. Okay. So were you always one of those kind of fashion-forward people, though, or...? If I had looked back, it was so clear, Sean. Really? I was always sketching. And, you know, even when I couldn't afford nice shoes, I would buy like some $5 pair of shoes and redo the heel on them. Um, I was into magazines that most people my age weren't into at the time. Uh So I Vogue. And and so it was it was like it was there. It was very clear. But because, you know, there was no one saying they wanted to work in fashion. I didn't even know it. Like I said, I didn't even know that was a career option. Yeah. Neither did my parents. Yeah. So I never thought it was something I could do and make money. Yeah. So then it was the hardest phone call I ever had to make. (laughs) The hardest phone call I ever had to make. (laughs) When you had to tell your parents who were, had these dreams of this amazing pediatric doctor for their daughter. And you're like, yeah, fashion merchandising. (laughs) Tell me about that conversation. 
I, I think it took my mom about a year to get over it. Oh, she, she really, and, and my mom isn't that like very strict mom, but when it came to this, this was so foreign to her mm-hmm. and my dad was, was okay with it. But my mother, I mean, it really took her back. She just could not understand what in the world I was going to do with the fashion merchandising degree. Yeah. And you said it took her a year. Where Did she start to see some type of promise? Or were you just kind of telling her, this is what I can do, and trying to convince her? Or what, what happened for her change of heart? I've always been very determined. I, I am probably one of her most determined children. Mm-hmm. So I think she knew that she could see that I really loved it and that I wasn't going to change my mind. Yeah, yeah. So after school, you know, you, you think of fashion merchandising, and I do. I'm like, what What do you do when you leave school? What did you do when you graduated? So I did an internship at Saks Fifth Avenue in Atlanta, Devs mm-hmm. Plaza. And um, that was an eye-opener in terms of, like, what the possibilities were. Mm-hmm. And then I said I want to be a buyer. Okay. but. I had no idea what that transition would look like, how I would get picked up by a buying office. Right. Um, So that didn't happen. And so I had dreams of working in fashion, but I actually ended up taking an insurance job um, in Atlanta. Uh So I wanted to move to Atlanta more than I wanted to work in fashion at the time. Okay. That was number one goal. Got you. Got you. So what did Atlanta, what, what was the draw about Atlanta that led you, uh, well, here where I am now? Well, you know, it was a man. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> I can keep it real. You can. But uh, yeah, it was my ex-boyfriend. Okay. And then I went to school so close to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So we were in Chattanooga, which was like literally an hour and a half from Atlanta. So we would go all the time to hang out. Yeah. So for Atlanta was the place where I could really have a good time. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I just want to go have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> That's most important right now. And be close to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So that may, obviously you said ex-boyfriend, so that didn't last. And you were working at the insurance company. So when did the, when did things start to kind of take off? And when you had this idea for Holland's Fashion Row, I need to go, I need to know what happened like shortly thereafter. So I'm going to give you the, the, the two minute journey. So I went from that insurance company, realized that I absolutely hated it, but I gained some valuable skills, which was selling. Okay. Left there, went to go work for a home builder in Gwinnett County in Atlanta. Oh, wow. And um, did that and got promoted, worked for one of the hardest women I've ever worked for, but it was the biggest blessing because she really helped to train me for the next opportunity. Mm-hmm. That company closed, shut its doors, and I felt like I was at a crossroads. I had to decide, do I stay in this industry, which is home building, where I have relationships and I can make you know, good money? Or do I actually finally pursue what I love? And I decided that I just kind of felt like if I don't do this now, I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again. And I was only 23, 24 at the time. Okay. I really felt that way. And so I said, I'm I'm not going to take a job at home building. I'm going to figure out how to work in fashion. And so I moved back home to Memphis, which was really tough um, because I moved back into my parents' house. Oh, Wow. At twenty three, twenty four, yeah, being on my own, so that was really rough. But while there, um, I was working a part time, a temp job, and this guy asked me what I wanted to do with my life. There was something he saw in me, and he said, "This is not what you're supposed to be doing. What are you supposed to be doing with your life?" And I said, "I'm supposed to be a buyer." And he ended up 
basically redoing my resume for me. I end up getting a buying job at Catherine's in Memphis. Wow. Worked there. And a lot of the people that I worked, um, that we bought from actually were live were in New York. Uh-huh. That's how I got my first job in New York. It was actually through the job in Memphis. So you were a buyer at Catherine's. I was a buyer at Catherine's. Oh my goodness. That set everything off. And so when you were, what what was the uh, nudge to go to New York? Did they come to you or you were like, okay, now I got to make this big leap. I've always wanted to live in New York. I, I had that bug since I, I mean, I had never visited New York, but I broke up with a guy um, like right when I went to college, cause I said that he was stop. I told him this, mm-hmm. I said, you're going to stop me from moving to New York. That was my reason for breaking up with him. Oh, wow. So I always knew that I wanted to live in New York. I just didn't know how it would happen and when it would happen. Mm-hmm. So when I started working with companies that were based in New York, I started building really great relationships and it was an easy transition. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So the download, the download of Harlem's Fashion Row, when did that happen? So I'm working at this job in, in New York, loving it, went to it, but knew that it wasn't my purpose, but I enjoyed it and went to a fashion show in Brooklyn. And while I was there, I just had the thought, I want to do this in Harlem. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is something I should do in Harlem. And that was in May of 2007. And in August of 2007, the very first Harlem's Fashion Row event took place. So I gave myself three months. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> I didn't know any better. Yeah. I didn't know any better. And sometimes, like, you know, it's better when we don't know enough sometimes. Like, ignorance really can be a gift. Yes. Um, because you don't know. When you don't know what's not supposed to happen. You make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, you're, yeah, the first person that did your um, did your flyer, he did it for free. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He did it for free. I had a volunteer group of 20 people who I didn't know. They were all strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that once I had that idea, I said, this is more than a fashion show. I don't know what it is, but there's something else that's here. Mm-hmm. And so I... Um, I, I just kind of like started to journal and everywhere I would go, I would meet somebody. I would tell them about this vision and I would say, this is so much bigger than me. I don't know what it is, but I know it's going to be big. Would you want to, do you want to come on board and be a part of this? Mm-hmm. And I just start gathering all of these people to help me with this event. And um, shortly after I really figured out, okay, that's why I'm being pulled for this because there's so few people of color in fashion. And my goal with Harlem's Fashion Row is to really provide um, diversity to this mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. Why Harlem? That was where I was living. And that felt like home for me. Okay. Memphis, um, Harlem, 12 years ago, well, how long have I been here? 13 years ago, really, it, it, it was felt like a neighborhood. And mm-hmm. it felt out and guys would help you across puddles and they would tell you how beautiful you were and it was just an amazing place to be there were so many people I would meet who were starting businesses and had ideas and getting things off the ground it really was the start of like the next renaissance Mm -hmm. I think so I was like I, I want Harlem to be in the name of this yeah that is absolutely beautiful um when you said you journaled what was in your journal that kept so many people coming towards you, the law of attraction, what, what that you can share that you journaled about. I, 
I, I kept writing down like the, when I would get a vision, because during the process of this, the reason why I know this is meant to be, and sometimes I tell people Harlem's Fashion Row called me, I didn't really pursue it. Right. And I would get dreams about what I was supposed to do with this. So a lot of things that even I'm doing right now are things that I wrote down in that journal okay. like 10 years ago. Um, but I would get dreams about, you know, what this would become and what cities we would be in and uh, what types of events we would do and the types of designers that we would work with and the impact that I would have and the things that we would do for children um, through fashion, which I'm doing now. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, yes. And I just and, and I, I and, and I think people even now, honestly, I think people understand that. When they come to an HFR event, they'll always say, there's such good energy here. Yes. It feels so great here. But HFR is really the house that God built. Mm-hmm. He built it brick by brick. So what they're really feeling is him. Yes. And he's just kind of using it as a light. That's yeah. in this in the fashion industry. Yeah. That's, that's the purpose more than anything. And I know that. Um, so that's why people feel so different. And that was really what they were drawn to. Yes. The energy and the spirit and the love. All of those things. It's, it's so much love invested in HFR. Like it's just, it really is love. Yeah. What did that teach you about manifestation? Our, our mindset and what we think is like, if you can't think it, if you can't visualize it, um, if, if you can't believe it, it's very hard for that thing to happen. Yeah. Every single time I have an event or every single time I, I call it cliff jumping, jump off a cliff, mm-hmm. I've seen it. Like literally God has shown it to me. I've seen what it looks like. I've seen people coming in. I've seen people taking photographs in front of the step and repeat. I've seen the entire thing. And sometimes it freaks me out because I I haven't decided that I wanted to take that cliff jump. Yeah. I, I see it. I know that, okay, here's what's going to happen. Um, but I, I think that our belief system and what we believe is possible for us is probably one of the most important things that, that we have, that we can actually have some control over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How good does it make you feel that uh, multicultural designers have a platform platform through HFR? It's It's one of my greatest joys ever. Like, I can talk to one of them and even, you know, cause you have these moments when it gets really hard. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Right. Am I really making a difference? And during the, those times I'll call one of them. And most recently we have a, um, a really big brand collaboration coming out at the end of this year. And I was able to, you know, take them to this huge corporation, three of them to work on this collaboration for this product and to be able to provide those types of opportunities and to hear them kind of talk about like how HFR has um, encouraged them to keep going when they wanted to quit or how they were connected to this stylist who then was able to get their pieces in this magazine. It makes everything worth it. Mm-hmm. it Wow, that is fantastic. So tell um, our our listeners like everything that Harlem Harlem's Fashion Row consists of. So 
we have consisted over the last 10 years um, to we produced events that have featured multicultural fashion designers um, to an invite all only audience, which have included celebrity stylists, um, editors, uh, celebrities themselves, um, people in fashion in the business side of fashion who could help them. So my goal is to get the people in the audience aren't just there to see a fashion show. They're yes. people who in some way help the designers reach their next level. Um, so that's what we've done for the last 10 years. And we've done that. We've done shows consistently during New York Fashion Week. We've done a show in LA and New Orleans during Essence Festival, um, at Hispanicize in Miami. Uh, we've done one recently in Memphis. But the next 10 years for us is really about providing, helping designers to, to build a business. Mm-hmm. So we're actually launching an eight-week design program that's going to be coming out towards the end of this year. Um, I've already started to kind of g- give designers a weekly um, email that includes like tips and marketing strategies and things that I've learned through the years because I've grown so much as well. Yeah. So our next 10 years are really going to be focused on brand collaborations and helping them build sustainable businesses yes and so that's first collaboration will be this year which I'm, I'm super excited for people. yeah yeah what, what is that like to be able to get the deal to get the deal and close the deal how does that make you feel but what are the steps to get there and I know that I'm giving somebody a free course but <laughs> <laughs> so one of the ways we've been able to do these very high profile um really amazing events is through sponsorships yeah so we work with brands. We work with Coca-Cola, which you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with Verizon, Prudential, um, Pandora Jewelry, L'Oreal, CoverGirl, Dark and Lovely, Motions. We work with probably 40 brands now and um, by getting them to, to sponsor our events. And, you know, people ask me about sponsorships all the time because I had no idea what I was doing when mm-hmm. I first started sponsorship. My first deck looked a hot mess. My pitch letter looked a hot mess. But the one thing I had that helped me get through the door was passion. And yes. people could feel that. And so they were open to having a conversation with me because they said, she's passionate about something. Let's hear what she has to say. Right. I always tell people the main thing you want to do if you want to get brands to partner with you is you want to be able to give them a very clear and concise proposal. Okay. So that proposal should be, who are you? What is it that you're doing? All the details about that event. Um, any press or any attention or any uh, recognition you've gotten for that event. Um, You also want to include who is your audience, who's going to be at the event, because at the end of the day, the reason we've been able to partner with so many brands is because they wanted to connect with our audience. So our average attendee at our event has about 30,000 followers. So if you Ah. add that up and say over 400 people, that's a lot of people brands will reach through our events. Yeah. Make sure that the brand understands who your audience is. And then you want to reach out to brands who would be interested in connecting with that audience. Mm-hmm. So if you get that very clear and concise in a proposal um, and then make the proposal really beautiful, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> Packaging is everything. And if you're really clear, you'll be able to get the attention of, of brands because what people don't realize is not just going to a national brand sometimes. Sometimes sometimes it's even national brands have local budgets. They have yeah. local budgets, they have regional budgets, and they have national budgets. So even if you're in a very small town in Alabama, let's say, 
their brands right there. Coca-Cola has a budget for your city mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Target. I'm not calling Coca-Cola out. I'm just calling you back. This is how me and Rashawn met. Right, right. So, so Target or um, all, any brand you can think of, they have a budget for your city. If they have a store there, they have a budget for it. Yeah. So you can start literally by presenting your proposal to the store manager. You yeah. can start. What did it feel like you, uh, you know, this young woman from Memphis, you went to UT chat, pre-med, changed to fashion, merchandising. When you got your first check from Ooh. not not even from Catherine's or anything, but when it was yours, yeah. what did that feel like? <laughs> I'm going to tell well, it, it felt amazing yeah. um, because I had worked. I felt like I had worked. It was my third year in business when I got my first check. Okay. Um, and it was from Target. Target sponsored our, that was our first sponsor was Target. Yes. And they were opening a store in Harlem and they wanted to Perfect. connect right with influencers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot of the people they wanted to connect with were people who were on our advisory board. And it felt so good. It felt like, okay, I can, I can actually do this. Like, you know, for, until you actually like get the check in your hand, when, once you're pitching and pitching and pitching, until you actually see, mm-hmm. like, I can actually do this. This, yeah. can, this is going to happen. Um, it's just, a, it's just like, it's a game changer. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What are your, what does your family think now? <laughs> my mom is my, one of my biggest supporters. Yes. So interesting because she is there. She is a prayer warrior. And so she is constantly praying for HFR and she's there at every single event. Oh, um, wow. when I first it, the first two events that I did, I had to self fund because I didn't have any sponsorship. Mm-hmm. It was my family that helped me pay for those events along with friends. My yeah. great girlfriends came through. Too. Yes. Yes. Um, but it was my family and they have supported this from, they've been so incredible. Yeah. Like actually, um, on Saturday I'm being inducted into the, Shelby County uh, School oh, Hall of Fame. Wow. So they're so proud. That's great. They, they got, they're bragging on their baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. I remember Brandis. <laughs> it, it, feels, it feels fantastic. It really does. Yes. And I'm so grateful yes. for all of the support that I have. So, I mean, you, you talk about the next 10 years. What's the next year look like for Holland's Fashion Row? So the next year is going to be really interesting. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. Okay. Because, um, the partnership that we're working on right now is a really big one. Okay. And I think that it is going to be probably a game changer for me and the designers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome, man. Simeon <laughs> over here. Yes. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, my theme for this year was sore. Mm-hmm. And so I really don't know, but I do know that um, the designers that I work with will be in much better shape in terms of their business acumen because I am building out a full program for them to um, to kind of think about different revenue streams and different ways in which they need to market and using Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising, all things that I'm just learning myself. Um, but that is like my focus. So what it looks like in another year, I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that's the beauty of what faith is. You just yeah. keep going regardless of the thought going. of where it's going. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, but expecting the best. Yes. Right? Yes. 
Well, speaking of knowing where you were going, you knew where you were going in 1997 when you became a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority yes. Incorporated via the Zeta Kappa chapter. Did Alpha Kappa Alpha choose you or did you choose Alpha Kappa Alpha? I chose Alpha Kappa Alpha. Love it. I only choose the best. Come on now. And so, you know, <laughs> when you're only choosing the best. Yes. I love it. I love it. That's, that's what you do. Um, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Actually, my best friend and I went online together. Oh, wow. And we are still best friends to this day. Wow. Um, I just before this interview got off the call with one of my other best friends who I actually met online. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so they have, you know, just been there every step of the way as well. Such a huge support. I never forget one of my lines. This is the one I just talked to. She was here um, for a show in like maybe 2012. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to wear because I was so busy thinking about this event. We were doing it at Jazz at Lincoln Center, which is one of the biggest venues in New York. So I had no idea. I hadn't thought through what I was going to wear, what shoes I was going to wear. She literally took off everything. She was like, here, wear this dress. Wow. Here, wear these earrings. Like, those are the kind of lines this is I Yes. Have. That is beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. And so, obviously, you're, clo- you're still close to your lines. How many were on your line? We had 20. 20. I was nice. Yep. Nice. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. How do designers go about being considered to be a part of what you are doing? I love for designers to reach out to us. We have um, on our website, you can fill out a form there. And I actually do read every single email that comes through. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also tag us on Instagram. That's the new way. Yes. So you can DM us on, we actually read all our DMs on Instagram. Um, You can also email us office at harlemsfashionroad.com. So we we get emails all the time and I look at everybody's website. Yeah. And we'll our email list and then you'll start getting emails from me. Good. Um, on a basis. Yeah. What's a typical day like for you? I have an 8 a.m. Um, intern call every morning. Okay. And so I start my morning with, after I drop my daughter off to daycare. Yay. I start my morning with um, an 8 a.m. call with five interns. And that is like, that's another like really passion project for me because I call it my internship slash mentorship program. Uh-huh. Um, and then the day could be, you know, it could be um, anything from meetings. I had two meetings yesterday, sponsorship calls. Right now, I'm heavily into sponsorship season because I'm trying to close all these deals in yeah. our media right now. So I'll usually have about three um, sponsorship calls set up throughout the day or I'm working on a proposal for a sponsor throughout the day. Um, or I am working on this other project that we have coming up with the designers and making sure that we're prepared for the next meeting. Um, I may have a call with the designer. I have office hours, so mm-hmm. I'll have uh, designers to kind of take a look at their their um, their collection, or I might have a coaching call with the designer. So it, my day is never the same. It yeah. varies from day to day. But yeah. right now, heavy sponsorship season, so that's a lot of my, my yeah. So before I let you go, a few more questions. The Great Girlfriends uh, movement um, obviously include includes a podcast as well. Tell me a little bit about that. So about two and almost three years ago, there's a friend of mine, Sybil, and Sybil Amuzi. She and I. Brandis, Brandis, your phone is muffled just a little bit. There you go. Whatever you just did, do that. 
Um, yep. So I have a friend, Sybil Amuti, who is from Memphis, though we didn't know each other in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And we met, we have always talked about business and personal things. And she's been my safe space and I've been her safe space. And we were out to lunch at our favorite spot, Hillstone on Park Avenue. Uh -huh. And we were talking and um, and she was in a transition place in her life. And I was like, I want to be able to take all of these life lessons I've learned. Because when you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you learn so much yeah. about yeah. yourself, about business. I said, I want to take all this and put it somewhere. And she said, I'm looking to do the same. So we decided we would start a podcast mm -hmm. and that we would really center that podcast around friendship since our friendship is what started it. Yes. And so um, we thought that it would be a passion project and that it would reach, you know, maybe a hundred people. Mm -hmm. Right, right. <laughs> After a month, we had like a thousand downloads. Yes. A few months, it was like 25,000 downloads. And it just kept growing. Um, I think we're at about 300,000 downloads now. Nice. Um, but it just continues to grow. And I, I think people love it because it's like a place where we're like our most authentic mm -hmm, self. Mm -hmm. We don't really hold back. You know, I snort on the podcast yeah. and all kinds <laughs> <laughs> you just being you I just you know I'm fully me but I'm able to we're able to kind of use all the things the mistakes we made in our life and the lessons we've learned and put them on the podcast and bring amazing women which we have to have you on the yeah, podcast I, I would absolutely love to be a part yeah. of what you're doing that's great we have them come share their service and we have a conference so we have a conference actually coming up June 21st and 22nd in really? New York we need to talk offline because I'm, you know, trying to figure out how to grow um, the Kusor brand and cool people because I have Kusor, Kubra, cool people. And I've always wanted to do a conference, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. We need to talk and you need to be here. Yeah. So, my guest in June, please. Yeah, that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. So what is your definition of cool? Mm, confidence. Confidence. My my definition of cool is is just having having confidence that comes from within that no one can take from you that nothing can add to it because you know you you got the same confidence whether you got on a pajamas or or the most beautiful dress in the world yes yes and you obviously have uh such a uh an insurmountable amount of joy and confidence because for someone to say i'm not going to be pre-med i'm going to be a fashion merchandising and really really going for it you had to have confidence I, I hope so. <laughs> I do. I, I, do. I yeah. really do. Yeah. I, um, you know, at the end of the day, we have to bet on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, Ooh. you know, we sometimes we we bet on so many other people, and we're willing to invest in so many other people, but we don't invest that same amount of energy into ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Bet on yourself. How can people uh, find you? So they can find me on social. Um, I am at Brandis Daniel. And they can also find me um, at Harlem's Fashion Row or at The Great Girlfriends. Um, they can also, I actually just released a book with, on sponsorship, if anyone's interested in oh, that. Nice. Um, it's actually free. You have to just pay for shipping and handling. Mm -hmm. So they can go to mysponsoredbook.com if they want to find me there. Yes. They can email me at office at harlemsfashionrow.com. That is great. Yes to uh, multiple streams of, of revenue. I see you. 
<laughs> That's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brandis. I'm so uh, grateful that we were able to finally lock this down. I'm just really excited about uh, just what Harlem's Fashion Row has already done, but will continue to do. Thank you so much. You are thank welcome, you. my sweet soror. Brandis Daniel, everybody. My name is Brandis Daniel, and I am CEO and founder of Harlem's Fashion Row, co-founder of The Great Girlfriend, and author of Sponsored. And I am a cool soror of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Yee!